have you hit that point where you've had to cancel doing something because you had to stick around and do payroll? Is payroll getting in the way of the business because the rigid structures and timelines and processes that you're having to put in place to work around the complexities of payroll, imposing burdens on other parts of the business as well that may actually be slowing the business down rather than accelerating it. So yeah, I think when you hit that point where you're like, I need to get payroll out of the business's way and out of my personal life's way, that's definitely a point at which you may have outgrown your current provider. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast, the show that explores the latest insights and innovations in the world of payroll. I'm Nick Day, founder of JGA Recruitment, a specialist global payroll search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized Reward 300 member. And my goal for this show is clear, is to bring you expert guests and payroll leaders who are driving this industry forward. From cutting edge technologies and trends to compliance, analytics, automation, leadership strategies, and more, we're going to cover it all on this show to help you to deliver accurate and timely payrolls across your organizations. So let's join together in raising the strategic profile of payroll worldwide. Grab your coffee or your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day. I'm CEO at JGA Recruitment Group and we're specialist payroll recruiters operating in the UK, Amir, and now the US as well. Now, remember, if you are a regular listener to this show, please do remember to share it with all of your colleagues and friends. Together, we're really trying to raise the profile of payroll globally. And if you haven't yet, please do click subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you can be really great, leave us a little bit of a review on whatever your favorite payroll podcast platform is. Now, today we're going to be talking about changing payroll providers. We know many payroll managers have to go through this process. We know it can be expensive. We know it can be time consuming. And we know there's a plethora of potential solutions in the market. So where do we go? Where do we start? Today, we're going to be joined by Sabrina Castiglione, who is Chief Operating Officer at Pento. They're a payroll solution provider that combines automation with best-in-class support, and we're going to find out exactly how they deliver that during the course of today's show. What I will say is they are a solution that supports any worker type and any working pattern in the UK, and their aim is to make payroll smooth, compliant, error-free, and they do that by automating processes and streamlining those really repetitive manual tasks that we all want to get all of our workflows so we can focus on the strategic value that we know payroll professionals can bring. So without further ado, Sabrina, welcome to the Payroll Podcast. How are you feeling today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Super, super excited to talk about something that we know pretty much comes into every single payroll manager's agenda at some point or another. But before we jump into the key content, I'm going to ask you one question, ask all of my guests, which is this, what does the word payroll mean to you? Honestly, the, when I hear the word payroll, the first thing I think of is pain. I have run payroll myself. I continue to, to run it at Pento. Uh, my last company, we got up to about 300 people in the UK and the US when I left and I ran payroll there. Yeah. And the first thing I think of is pain. Like running payroll can be a really painful process. A lot of manual tasks, a lot of chasing people, a lot of having to answer questions after the facts and make corrections and, and also just having to 
plan your life around payroll deadlines, which, yeah, when I think of the word payroll, the first thing that comes to mind is pain. Okay. I imagine there's a lot of people listening to this probably nodding their heads going, yeah, that's definitely a word that can be used. We've got to balance and hold lots of plates in the air with compliance and data security and legislation changes, which happen at frenetic pace, talent challenges, which is something that we're obviously involved in. So with all those things going on, we've also got Loads and loads of news and people stating what they should or shouldn't do. One is you need to automate, you need to reduce those manual tasks, payroll should be more strategic, and there's lots to consider. With all of that going on, with all that noise, as we would like to put it, how would you know as a payroll manager whether it's the right or the wrong time to start considering changing a payroll solution? Yeah, it's a great question because there's there's never a perfect time, right? There's never that quiet lull where you're like, oh, I've got nothing else to do so I can go and change my payroll provider. Mm-hmm. That time never really comes. And what a lot of companies find is that the pain, it creeps up on them. That old adage about if you drop a frog in boiling water, it will jump out. If you put it yeah. in the cold water and boil it slowly, it will sit there and boil to death. I think payroll pain increases like that, that slowly boiling water. As your business grows and matures and gets slightly more complex, payroll gets slightly more convoluted and complicated month on month. So the first thing is just for, for anyone being like, oh, it's not a perfect time. There's never a perfect time. But some of the key things that kind of prompt that, that thinking of, is this something that take the hit and, and try and do it now? When payroll processes have really become a beast in and of themselves, like when you are doing military precision level time and effort management just to get payroll done when you have many stakeholders involved if you find yourself spending half your time just chasing people and trying to get information if you find a lot of what you're doing is effectively data entry and copying things from one place to another other triggers are has your business evolved have you for example started to take on a lot more flexible or variable workers or brought or moved to weekly payroll have you increased your benefits offering such that there's a lot more kind of taxable complexity in there uh you know are you going multi-geography so business change payroll taking too long the business kind of getting more more complex and and also just what is the pace of change within your business? Are, are you starting to see that there's a lot of headcount change every month? And I think the big one that I always say to people is, are you starting to have to plan your life around payroll? Have you hit that point where you've had to cancel doing something because you had to stick around and do payroll? Is payroll getting in the way of the business because the rigid structures and timelines and processes that you're having to put in place to work around the complexities of payroll, imposing burdens on other parts of the business as well that may actually be slowing the business down rather than accelerating it. So yeah, I think when you hit that point where you're like, I need to get payroll out of the business's way and out of my personal life's way, that's definitely a point at which you may have outgrown your current provider. Amazing. Loads to, loads to absorb there, loads to think about. I like the boiling frog uh, analogy because actually, and very sadly, really, post-pandemic, I don't want to bring that word up too often, but we've seen some really skilled pearl professionals actually leave the profession because it has been too much. They felt like post-pandemic, that the speed of transformation was so rapid that they felt like they had been dipped into 
a pot of boiling water and they did jump out and leave the industry. And this has left some cha- talent shortages. It has left payroll departments stretched. There are people now that unfortunately have either cancelled holidays or don't feel like they can take annual leave because they're so worried about that payroll process being left behind or not being delivered effectively. And we know but the profile of payroll, how important it is, because we get that wrong, it can impact employer brand, it can impact employee attraction, retention, all those things that go with it. So it's a hugely important function, a hugely stressful function, which I think you highlighted really articulately there in the response that you gave. But there's also a bit of a challenge we've got to overcome. So we know, and certainly the temperature check and the pulse that I'm reading in, in, in the people that I speak to, they want to make the profession more strategic. Payroll managers want to come out of the manual-based tasks, which you mentioned there, which have handcuffed them to the desk to say, we've got to be timekeeping. We can't get away because this has to be led. And they really want to get strategic. And it's difficult to make that balance because they have to, at some point, as you say, put a sort of a flag in the sand and go, something needs to shift. Something needs to change. We know what got us here is not going to get us there. We want to be more strategic. How do we change? And part of that often involves creating a business case, if you like, for C-suite. And we need to put a proposition forward to say something needs to change. We think that a lot of the signals you've just highlighted there are are in play. We think we're fully outgrowing our previous processes. What advice would you give to those individuals that need to create that business case for change to their C-suite to allow them to really get the results they're looking for? Yeah, it's a great question. And and it is hard because a lot of the costs of a payroll process are, they are non-obvious. And leadership are often really far removed from the risks, the inefficiencies, but also the time burden on other people. And I have seen genuinely businesses be unable to offer the benefits that they want to offer because it would impose too much of a payroll burden. You've got to give some kind of return on investment, right? The the pain is very personal to whomever is running payroll, whether it's a payroll professional, whether it's a smaller business and it's a HR or finance generalist having to step into it. Like that pain is personal and very obvious. From a leadership perspective, they might be very far removed from that. So it's a case of trying to highlight where the hidden costs and opportunity costs are. The time spent getting data from multiple department heads, double-checking calculations, distracting other people from their work. So, for example, I know a number of teams that have some quite complex journal setups, and they will often have to ping HR or ping the FPNA team and pull them out of the work that they're doing temporarily to try and, and resolve a question. And that kind of stops staff. It's bad for your car, but it's also bad for your work productivity there as well. Yeah. Businesses like that, but also the risks inherent in the employee population. A lot of companies are being really thoughtful about where they place their headcount. And it is a table stakes expectation for for people that they get paid right and they get paid right and they get paid on time. And a lot of people's lives and home lives and all the rest really depend on that process being seamless. So I think if you start to have incidents that affect the employee perception of your business as well, that's something that's very tangible in terms of the brand reputation and future like talent attraction risk. But also that a lot of the time, if you add up how long it's taking a lot of people to say do an outsource process between 
data collation, data sending, data checking. That's also, that time is someone's salary and that time's a lot of money that that often goes towards it. And finally, the other piece is risk. When you have systems that are poorly connected, there's also simply like a, a big data risk. Payroll professionals handle a lot of really sensitive data, bank details, employment details about gender, parental state, sometimes insights through obviously what people get paid, but insights through what people get paid about personal life, attachments of earnings and all of these things that kind of may come through. And another thing we see is that where systems are fragmented and there's a thousand different emails flying around, sometimes there's a real risk of a data breach and a data leak. And that's meaningful as well. But then on the other side of that, the opportunity cost, what's the carrot here? Those are all the sticks of like, we don't do this, this is the things that go wrong. The carrots here are that if payroll professionals have a bit more time, they can start looking about how to maximize the massive investment that companies are making on their people, how to find potentially more tax efficient ways to deliver benefits to the company and to the employee, which often usually results in savings or quality of life improvements for both. Uh, and I think it's it's important to, to do that. And finally, to the, uh, the last point I would make on this is to try and create a sense of urgency around it, particularly if there is some milestone for the business that's coming up, a strategic initiative, something where uh, a payroll professional would be able to add a lot of value to highlight the urgency of getting the current process into a better shape before that point in time so that they can take part in those projects and drive those through to completion. Yeah, fantastic. It was really interesting. There was a, a supplier report that was delivered this week. You may or may not have seen it from another payroll supplier that talked about the reasons that people may look to change. And some of the, as you say, the sticks, some of the reasons that they're unable to get that buy-in. And I thought, being a recruiter, maybe this is the world I'm based in, they'd be buying based on price. And they said, well, we can't get a new system because it's too expensive. But actually, the study said, and the report came back, but the yes price was a concern for less than 20% of reasons that people weren't changing a system was due to price. The bigger reasons were struggling to get stakeholder buy-in, so that C-suite level, so they couldn't get convinced them of the need for the change. And the other one, and the overriding reason actually was down to time. And I thought that was really interesting because it's chicken and egg, right? We had to be able to give the time to commit to making the change. And actually, if you achieve it, you'll have the time that you've mentioned there so you can focus on those strategic tasks. But it's finding the time in what, as you mentioned earlier, a handcuff situation to the desk, to timeframes, to create it within that kind of environment to, to, to enable it to happen. So I guess if we focus in on the C-suite element, which was, the, I think, the second biggest reason that, that payroll managers felt they were unable to make the change, they couldn't convince their C-suite. I'm very fortunate today to have you on the show, Sabrina, because you are operating at C-suite level. You're right at the top of the payroll profession. We spoke off air very briefly and you said, Nick, I live and breathe payroll. If you put yourself in a C-suite position that perhaps doesn't have the payroll expertise knowledge that you have, what are the kind of things you would you would want a payroll manager to really put into that proposal to be able to get the buy-in that they're struggling to achieve right now? Yeah, it, it, it all comes down to taking it out of that personal experience and putting it back into like, where's the positive impact, impact for the business? And typically, any C-suite person is going to consider that there are three benefits to doing anything, not just changing a payroll provider. This could be absolutely anything. You might be reducing risk. You might be reducing cost. And cost time is cost uh, as well. So you might be making something more efficient, more productive, or it might literally cost less. 
or you're increasing revenue. Now, I don't think anyone's arguing that by changing payroll, you're suddenly going to increase the, the revenue of the business, but you definitely can reduce risk and you can reduce cost through efficiency savings. In terms of that hidden cost of the time it takes everyone else in your business to to feed in to these processes, as well as it may be a case that you can say, do you know what, if I had a twice as efficient process, you won't need to hire another person into this department when we double in size, because if I had that better um, process here, or the cost savings could be hey, I haven't even looked at how we can optimize the tax setup for payroll, but there's this low-hanging fruit. If we switch to this kind of pension scheme, if we changed up our benefits, if I had time to go and review benefits providers to find like the, a better option that's out there. Yeah, you really have to translate it into one of those things. You're reducing cost, which includes time. You're reducing risk. And uh, the real thing there is if you've had recent compelling events, such as a breach or people being paid the wrong amount, or you're increasing revenue, which I think, to be fair, for, the, for a payroll product, like it's quite hard to argue that you're increasing revenue, but you really want to translate it back to being one of those three things, if not yeah. two of those three things. I liked when you mentioned that in the previous response as well, you talked about sticks and carrots. And I've talked a lot about Power managers need to view the payroll function as a profit-making enterprise, albeit we know it's the most, they pay a lot of money out, but little changes, as you've mentioned there, that improve efficiency, reduce time, and actually that can really leverage the power of their data to work with HR, to work with finance, to, to identify trends or things that could have a huge impact, particularly if you're dealing with companies that have thousands of employees. The economies of scale there actually can save so much money that it can be a really significant department there that can really raise its profile if we look at those things. And you obviously need the right software, the right kind of stuff to do that. We also know modern software can provide more than traditional, perhaps the old case software. We've got a lot of new and innovative suites of solutions coming out from pay on demand to, to a host of other things as well, interactive pay slips and more. With all that in mind, with all the different solution providers out there offering loads of different services, everyone is the best in class these days. How do you assess where you're at? And how do you pinpoint what kind of solution that you need? If a payroll manager listens to this now, what would be my kind of key step process I'd need to follow? Yeah, it's a really great question. And I think it really depends on what does your company look like, which you know really determines like what your payroll looked like, what your tech stack will look like, and also, you know, the growth of your business. You know, if you are a 30-person business and you have been a 30-person business for 10 years and you're going to be another you're still going to be a 30-person business in another 10 years, you probably don't need an all singing, all dancing solution, right? Mm. If you are Uber and you have tons of zero hour people that you are paying out or you have zero hour workers people with massively variable pay you have term time working you have part year workers seasonal if you have these kinds of complexities you're on the top end of what how complex a payroll process can be and equally you know are you paying people weekly rather than monthly because spoiler alert that's four times as much payroll process that you're going right. to um, and then also looking out to, to the rest of your business and what the and what the synergies might be with tech stacks there. Do you use a HRIS or accounting software that's compatible with a, a particular payroll solution? If not, is there a very easy way to bulk download, upload 
file? What is your payments process? I think one of the really hidden benefits of a good process is if you can get away from having to do a three-day backs process to having instant faster payments, you know, um, is your bank set up in a way that would allow you to do that? If you had the right kind of bank file, could you just upload a faster payments file, for example? There's a lot of benefits to, to be had from that, but I think it really does depend on the shape of your business. How complex is your payroll? And how much is that likely to change? Because the worst thing is to be like, okay, my payroll's simple now and you lock in a simple process and then you like triple in size or you you start doing a bunch of strategic initiatives that means suddenly payroll has become much more complex because you've just rolled out the most complex, flexible benefits setup you can possibly um, yeah. imagine. Yeah, so I think you've always got to look in terms of like how payroll would work best for your business and, and where it sits in in the stack of complexity. And the other kind of big variable there is benefits. How complex is your benefit stack, your pension arrangements? Do you have complex holiday buying, selling arrangements and a flexible benefits part and everyone has a different mix how are you managing that as well i think these are the kinds of complexities to keep an eye out i like that response i'll tell you what i was smiling when you give me the response because and this isn't a payroll solution but as a recruiter i remember about eight eight to ten years ago i was uh tempted in by the bells whistles and trinkets of a fancy new system that offered absolutely everything and we did implement it and it was a it was a challenging implementation we went with that software we stayed with them for a couple of years before we changing the reason we changed again, though, is it had too much. It was it had over-engineered the wheel. It was way too complex. Yes, it had a, a zillion features, but it was too much for us to manage on a day-to-day basis. We found out that actually most of the features we didn't actually need when it was in, in terms of practical application. And we ended up paying over the odds for something that we understand why the payment was there because it did offer all those things, but we just didn't need it as a recruitment firm. It wasn't yeah. relevant for our business. So it's, I like the idea you say, keep it simple. What's What do you need in your business? Because a 30-employee yeah. business will need something different to a 10,000-employee business. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. And and also different businesses need a different part of their tech stack to be best in class. If your payroll is really complex, you probably need a really best in class payroll system. If you have tons of zero hour workers, it might be more most important to have a best in class TNA system. Yeah. If you are in tech and you have like tons of like really high flying professionals, it may be that like a HR management system that has a really good learning and development module is important. I'm generally wary of things that promise to do everything because I think generally they rarely do everything well. But I think it's really understanding what's the key part for your business that it is really important to get right. Because there's a saying in business, 
every company has to do something cheap, right? You can't invest to the nines on absolutely every part of the business. And even within the HR and finance G&A department, you've got to look and say, where is the best investment going to be? And yeah, some, sometimes it, it is payroll because that is actually the part of the business that is most complex. Sometimes it isn't. Because that's the other kind of thing for all-in-ones. You tend to get one way or the other where they're either immensely complex and um, the implementations are multi-year processes to, to get that done anyway, or they are designed for generally quite small, quite simple businesses. So you just need to be mindful about and, and yeah, if you're a small and simple business, absolutely go and get an all-in-one. Yeah. If you're like 20 people, it'll probably do everything just about, and you won't have that many complexities that need an, an all-singing, all-dancing setup. But yeah, just really zeroing in on where are we different? Where are we special? Where are we complex? And being thoughtful about putting the investment there. And it may mean that as part of that C-suite evaluation, you say, hey, actually, do you know what? We could live with a much simpler this thing, I don't know what, what that might be, but we actually think it'd be really important to invest more in that thing. And that's why we've seen a real emergence of APIs, right? So people can really niche in on, on the bit they need for their business. Rather, as you say, spend thousands on a huge suite of solutions that you don't necessarily need. You can plug in your API that's relevant for your business. And we've seen a huge increase in, I think it's up a report I read uh, last week with the APIs in the payroll industry are up 100% from 2019 to 2022. And that's that's massive in terms of how many people are actually starting to engage that kind of software now. I I, I like when you mentioned as well that often finance will might have a budget to do X, Y, and Z, and HR might be the same. Sometimes payroll does feel like a bit like the Cinderella. The the sisters get to go to the ball first, and it's kind of payroll at the end. Oh, now it's my turn, and we'll dust off what budget we've got left to make the change. When they finally get that budget, I get a lot of payroll managers talk, which I talk to, saying, Nick, we know... They talk, they won't ask me what systems I know, what we know in the market and things like that. And they'll say, we can't change until April because we've got to get the year end done. Now, now I would challenge that back in terms of my knowledge of the market, not as a systems professional, that's not what I am. But I've seen people go through implementations at every different stage and month of the year. So obviously, there's a there must be a thought out there that people think you can only do it in April. Is that the best time to change or the worst time to change, arguably? Or, you know, what's your view? Yeah, I I think, you know, generally payroll professionals are busiest in April to June, to be honest. like If if, if I was doing this, I probably wouldn't want to do a switch over in April. I get, you know, the attraction of a nice, clean end to to the tax year. Um, A lot of companies will run on a different financial year and that will be on calendar year anyway. But also there's a case of just when are you... When in the year are you going to be most busy? In June, are you going to be tied up doing P11Ds and things like that? Do you really want to switch over in April? And that means that you're potentially getting all of the bits and pieces together right at the start of the year. There might be better times to do it. I'm actually a big fan of summer switchover when it's a bit quieter, a bunch of people are out on holiday, there are fewer people asking questions. Like it tends to be like a little bit less crazy for tons of payroll changes and things like that, and, and just get it done there. But the, the, it, in, with modern solutions, you really generally don't need to. And I think a lot of the historic desire to switch in April has been to avoid needing to put in place year-to-date numbers and to switch it over. But 
just about any modern payroll provider will do all the legwork for you. It's just a case of give us uh, a letter so that we can speak to your prior provider. We will get and clean and prepare the data and put it together for you. And yeah, like even the concept of a parallel run, we see a lot of people now doing pseudo historic parallel runs where you just you fake a month that you've already run rather than literally running it in parallel and then set up there. So I think a lot of the, a lot of the previous hype around going live uh, in in April is is to do with a process that wasn't as automated or streamlined as it probably now is. And I think it's a bit of a hangover from time, but there's not a ton of benefit to be honest. Yes. You'll, get your year-end reporting from um, one part, maybe than two, but most providers will help you with those processes um, and on the heavy burden. It's quite a nice thing to hear because, as I said, on that report I read this week, it was time was the biggest, one of the biggest reasons they haven't done it. And actually, you mentioned there that it probably isn't as impactful on time as as you may think it is because the provider will do, as you said, your words, a lot of the legwork for you. And I think probably understanding that time constraint and, and learning that is, is hopefully quite valuable for the people listening to this that are considering it, but I'm quite feel like time is their biggest constraint. Maybe they're in that percentage that haven't done it for that reason. So tell us a little bit more about Pento. Obviously, you live and breathe payroll. You offer automated payroll solutions. I know that the mission statement behind Pento is very much about taking the stress out of payroll, getting rid of those manual tasks. And I know from working in this industry for the last 20 years, it's a profession where a lot of people are very stressed. They are fearful of taking holidays. They are fearful of letting anybody down, which is wonderful. It's part of the characteristic of what, what makes up the payroll profession, what it is. Tell us a little bit about what Pento do and how you manage to to help people relieve that stress. Yeah, one of the big things that we aim for is to give people confidence and and peace of mind um, in their payroll processes, as well at the same time as making sure that we deliver them great time savings and make it really easy to use. Um, And and Pento is a product that is used not only by payroll professional, but by HR or finance generalists with no payroll background. We try to make it as light on payroll knowledge required in order to use as humanly possible. It's a modern consumer type interface, very clean, very intuitive, very easy to use. And we just try and automate as much as we can. And not just stopping at the at the getting kind of the payment out. We even go and integrate with accounting providers to do automated journals as well. But yeah, we, we will sync data from the majority of the major HRIS systems. And that one that can really easily be bulk uploaded. That usually take care of all of joiners levers, changes. We also take into account things like work patterns, shifts, so we can automatically tell, okay, this period of sick leave is eligible for SSP rather than having all of those calculations having to be happen offline. We're also able to do things like the 52-week count back for holiday pay, and we'll have the rolled up holiday pay option available as well for when that change comes through to be able to support that. Uh, and then we just take it through and we we hook up to a bank called Modular that companies are able to set up an account with that allows us to do faster payments, which means if payments are going out on, let's say, 31st of December, you have until midnight, 11.59 on the 30th of December to make any changes. Um, and even just the three, four, five extra days that gives payroll professionals really just helps 
payroll fit into their working life rather than their life having to fit around payroll. Um, and then we also have expert support. We try to have the best parts of software, the automation, the ease of use, the interface, the automatic calculations, as well as having an amazing, really strong on payroll knowledge, support and advisory team that for whenever the inevitable edge case comes up, Um, And you have that really unusual situation that you're trying to figure out, how do we process that through payroll? Um, And yeah, our mission is really to to take the pain out of payroll. Um, Yeah, so that payroll professionals and all of the generalists who are looking after payroll, even if it's not their main job, can get on with the really value-add parts of their job rather than copying data from one system to another. Yeah, it's great. I love, I love the way you took it full circle. We started with pain and we finished with the pain piece there as well, which is really great because we're trying to remove that pain out of the payroll process. I can certainly vouch for the, the talent that you hire for supporting payroll inquiries because I know that we've supported you in, in, in locating talent field teams as well, which is great. So it's nice to see that's invested in as part of, of Pento's, Pento's brand as well. I guess my last question, because something we get a lot on this show and when I get in, in my day-to-day job in the recruitment side is what's happening next in the world of payroll? What's the future bringing? And it's obviously it's the solution providers that tend to have their, their finger on the pulse of what's coming next. We've had loads of podcasts and talks and webinars about pay on demand. So we know that's coming and in people's minds. But what else outside of that kind of tech change is there that we can perhaps look forward to or we should be aware of or you know, what trends can we expect? I'll let you choose the time frame for what future means. <laughs> it, it's always difficult because... Payroll complexity is because it's tax, right? It's tax and it's government mandated, which doesn't always mean that it's approached from a holistic first principle thing. You see it with the recent holiday pay consultation. They'll change one small part of it and then everyone's scrambling to figure out what does it mean for the rest of it. Things continue to get fragmented. The government can change rates and things at a whim at the drop of a the drop of a hat so it's sometimes hard to to be able to take that step back and have a really holistic look when you are really locked into a very reactive cycle to whatever the latest political consensus is on on how pay should be assessed and taxed but i think there there are some increasingly exciting things happening in the space i think the rise of automation and the ability to plug systems into one another to give people back the time to do the really value add pieces of work is really key and we see that more and more i'm excited about some of the changes in payment infrastructure that's coming up that's allowing us to break the stranglehold of backs on payroll and that that day process which none of us love i think like there's a lot that's been done in the payments infrastructure space that it sounds small but giving people back those extra couple of days is really huge um I also think that there's a lot of innovation happening in the benefits space in general, and a lot of companies trying to figure out what a holistic set of compensation looks like beyond just salary and tips. Yeah, Yeah, we're seeing that as well. Yeah, And I think that's really exciting for payroll professionals to, to be part of that journey and also to branch their role out into not just pay, but pay and benefits, because there's obviously a, a ton of synergies there. But we're starting to see more and more companies being a lot more thoughtful about what is the mix of total compensation that we provide and how does that reflect our business and increasing individual personalization on that front as well. 
Um, that, that links pay well really closely to HR as well, doesn't it, really, on that collaboration? Yeah. Because we're seeing HR really focused on improving their EVPs, their employee value propositions they can offer people because they want to attract the best staff. We know there's a war for, it's a cliche, but you, when you hear a cliche, you've got to listen to it, right? There's there's a war for top talent. And the best EVPs will attract the best talent. But that's where we've got to think creatively about what that holistic, as you put it, benefits and pay proposition is what is really going to engage our employees what is it our employees actually want what we think they want and really linking that with HR to understand that actually if we offer this kind of EVP we're going to get the best talent and not only can we attract it but we can keep it as well and keep it motivated we know a motivated workforce and if uh, that feels included is also a really productive workforce so I love it because that's actually linking payroll to benefits benefits and payroll to, to HR and the whole the whole chain becomes a collaborative one which I think increases and improves the value of of payroll, the profile of payroll as well. Yeah, and I think payroll does not exist in isolation. It has to be in really close collaboration with both finance and, and HR. And I've seen payroll sit in both of those teams. I've seen payroll sit in neither of those teams. It, it is really how a company kind of sets it up, but however a company has set it up, payroll, HR and finance really have to be joined up at the hip in how to approach these things. Because, you know, to your point, HR might say this would be the best mix and it's really individualized and finance will say, how can we afford this? And payroll, how can we make it happen? I think if there's any kind of like trio of relationships, it's really important for for payroll managers to make sure they cultivate in their business. It's to be really joined up with the HR and the finance broader teams, especially on initiatives like benefits and, and increasing demands for personal personalization and flexibility in benefits work setups. Yeah, and the rise of flexible working as well, yeah, obviously has impacts on payroll in terms of how working patterns have really changed from what they were even in just a decade or so okay absolutely uh, yeah. yeah it's a very exciting space to to be in it is and we both live and breathe it but hopefully the people that listen to this show are of the same volition as well if you want to take the pain out of payroll i will put a link to pento's proposition in the show notes you can find them at pento.io we're going to open the vault uh, three short sharp questions for you sabrina have a bit of fun at the end one piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now Oh, depends when this goes out. Right now it's December. So I'd be like, okay, make sure that you communicate really well about what your plans are for December. There are a lot of implicit expectations people have around December payroll. And this will be true for future years as well. And you can pay on your normal date. You can pay early. But my God, tell people well in advance what you're going to do. The one kind of big piece of advice is, There are a lot of surprises people like, but being paid even one penny less or one day late are not one of them. Yeah. I'll never notice when you're a penny over, but I'll always notice when you're a penny under, right? It's important. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, you're right. And I'll also just add to that because of the time of year that it is, if you do get an opportunity to take a break and to rest and to recover, take it because that's where we all need that recovery that will help reduce the strain and the pain as well if you had the power of foresight and could change the entire payroll industry with one action or one improvement what would that action or improvement be oh uh, i would massively simplify the rules around holiday pay for variable workers even with the proposal that has come in there are still parts of it that are dependent on the the 52 week count back And, and i get what it's trying to do but it's just an disproportionate burden on like payroll workers to track and 
do that calculation and to do it in weeks and when a lot of companies work in months, I would massively simplify that piece just because it is a disproportionate burden in terms of the value I think it drives. And I think there are simpler ways to just yeah. get to the similar outcome. I suspect there are other people listening to this and nodding in full agreement. We need to bring back some of attack the office for simplification and have a look at a few processes, yeah. I think, that being one of them. Last uh, but not least, if The Pearl was a song or a movie, what song or movie would it be and why? <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Oh. Do you know what? And, and I say this partly because I'm a, a fancy fan. I'm going to say Lord of the Rings because, my God, it is a quest. And it is like, it is okay. a journey. It is a journey and it is long and it is hard. And uh, you just got to keep going. Um, no, yeah. I love that. Well, it's about the journey, not the destination, right? And that's definitely when you need the lows to experience the highs. You can't have it all the same all the time. So that's a great example. If people want to find out more about Pento, there is two brilliant links I'm going to put in the show notes. One is going to lead them to payroll.io, which is your blog, which talks all about power management principles. There's loads of resources you can access there. But there's also, if you want to find out more about how to switch your payroll providers, if that's something you want to do, there's a brilliant blog on the Pento website where you can really learn and discover all about how you can switch Pale providers seamlessly and easily. So do check that out if that's something you want to do if you're not quite sure how. But if there anyone else you'd like me to direct our listeners, Sabrina, while I have you? As you said, the website is pento.io. Um, we've got a ton of content and blogs on there. But equally, if you have got gnarly payroll questions and you just want to chat it through, reach out to one of the team. Yeah, we're always happy to help. Fantastic. And of course, if you are a payroll leader listening to this show and you need support with a payroll-related vacancy in the UK or now in the US as well, please do get in touch with either myself or my wonderful team at jgarecruitment.com. I will put a link in the show notes for that as well. Just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Sabrina for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. If we don't see you before, hopefully this will go out before Christmas comes so they can get that December content. And thank you ever so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise, it's been great. That's all for this episode of the Payroll Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and gained valuable insights and inspiration to advance your payroll career or your payroll operation. If you haven't already, please, please do subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And if you found this podcast helpful, please take a moment to leave us a little review on your preferred podcast platform. It's your feedback that really helps me to improve the show and of course, attract new listeners so we can continue to raise the profile of the payroll industry for all. Finally, if you know anyone who could benefit from this payroll podcast, please do share it with them. Let's spread the word and build a vibrant community of payroll professionals worldwide. Thank you, of course, for listening. My name is Nick Day. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. In the meantime, I look forward to being with you again on the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon.